0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, One Ritz Land a Time. And what makes this channel different is we reach out to other experts. We bring on other technologies so that we really can get a broad scope. And that includes the CEO of Hemling. How are you doing, Dana?
1: I'm great. Thanks, Michael, for having me.
0: Absolutely. So we talked, oh, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago before the launch. You've done amazing things. But what we're going to talk about today, because you have such a broad reach and you, you interact with so many landlords across the country, is what does it really take to be successful landlord? Any thoughts on that? We'll bounce this one about back and forth a couple of times.
1: Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, so I, I think the biggest thing is something that you and I both notice and realize that folks kind of fantasize of becoming a landlord, right? Yeah. You're like, great, this passive income. And because 72% of rental properties are self-managed, most of the people will fall into that category of they managing it themselves, mm-hmm. and then it's not ever. It's fine. You you might have luck by like not setting up a good process, and have like super passive yeah. cash flow, great tenants. Mm-hmm. But it's when something goes wrong that people set up a process to become a successful rental owner. And so, from that perspective, I have some insights based on the um, thousands of landlords that we work with to see like, hey, which ones do really well? um, And which ones, um, where do we see um, kind of pitfalls um, with it? So we can go back and forth. Um, I think the biggest one for me is build an A plus team. And you can't do it all yourself. Um, And it's with anything, right? Um, And that has everything to do with your realtor who helps you purchase the property and trusting them to the um, handyman that you put on site and do you really, Trust them, know they're going to get the job done right, not cut corners, all the way to your accounting and making sure that any tax incentives you're aware of and what's coming through the pipeline um, to a lawyer to help you draft up a, a lease that's specific for your county in a lot of cases. Um, mm-hmm. Some cases, you know, a, um, a lease that is state specific will be just fine. Um, but that would be my first one is like build an A plus team.
0: Oh, I like that one for sure. For me, it actually starts at point of acquisition, right? Lots of people, like you say, they get a dammer, they get excited. I often call them shooting stars. And sometimes they have more money than cents and they just yeah. buy a deal. And if they would have really done the work, it would have been an average or heaven forbid, a bad deal or yeah. a skinny deal. And when you do one of those, especially if it's your first, it will probably be your last. Because as you will see in this business, surprises happen. If you you know if you had fifty dollars of cash flow on a house, you're gonna you're gonna lose money every year because that's tw- that's six hundred bucks. It's just yeah. not enough. So don't do skinny deals. Don't rush. Uh, really make sure you're set up from the day you buy it to be successful. Because uh, I want you to get more than one. Right? I think the magic is at four. But if you buy a skinny deal or heaven forbid an alligator as I call it in my book, yeah, I love uh, it. You'll never get past one. So that's my first.
1: Yeah, I love it. Um, my next one is um, at that phase of actually bringing a tenant into the property, so mm-hmm. selecting only qualified tenants. What I mean by that is it's really interesting how you say I'm only going to have someone who meets this credit score, this, and and you might not have just a flat credit score as your criteria, but mm-hmm. you have some cr- kind of criteria for it. And then you you know their income has to be over X amount. I suddenly see people make exceptions and like I had one this week where it's like, oh please don't do that, where they're like, <laughs> yeah, they don't meet our requirements, but they have all the cash for the entire year yeah. up front. So like I'm gonna accept them because they can pay for the whole year. So isn't this great, even though they don't meet the the requirements that I have for the property? And you know, it's always when you make those exceptions that you realize, hey, maybe it would work out. Maybe, and you know, I don't know what the um, what it is, twenty five percent, you know, thirty percent of the time it works out. Mm-hmm. But it makes you feel pretty stupid when it doesn't work out. Yeah. And um, so I think it's it's really making sure you're selecting qualified tenants. And if you want to think about from the tenants' perspective, how it benefits them, selecting an unqualified tenant who can't afford the place doesn't only hurt you and your investment, it also hurts them because they're mm-hmm. in this financial situation that's incredibly emotional because it's their home. Yeah. And so what you want to do is set the expectations really upfront and make sure that your objective criteria is the same consistently and you don't make an exception because you met someone at the house and first said they you know, gave you some story and you're going to take it. At, at the end of the day, it hurts you, hurts mm-hmm. your investment and it hurts uh, the tenant.
0: Yeah, one thing I can tell you on that topic that it's probably been a decade since I've made an exception. Right, we have a box, we use it all the time. I, I'm sure, I'm sure a few worked out, but it seems like every time I did an exception, it bit me in the butt. So we just stopped doing it. It's like don't even call me. There's if there's one thing that doesn't, we'll, we'll wait for the next one. There's there's a, um, there's always another one. So yeah, that's that's a good one. The, the next one for me is. Um, it's actually rule number five on my rule of seven is bad things happen bad mm-hmm. things happen uh sewer pipes break tree roots get in water heaters break uh kids flush stuff down the toilet windows break from people playing ball outside neighbors and apartments don't like each other they play music they have parties there's parking issues oh, la, 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 la. get ready right um don't yeah. let these things bother you if you're emotional. So I'm an emotional stock trader. I've I've now (laughs) numb to the nonsense of being a landlord. It's like, there's rules of the road. There's things that go on. Uh, When mistakes happen, and they will happen, I make sure that I learn from them. uh, And we move forward. We set up processes going forward. So constant communication, all of those things. But uh, yeah, if you have one unit, and I know people who have one unit, they've owned it 10, 15 years, never had a problem, truly passive. Mm -hmm. You, yeah. you get you get multiple units, multiple years. Something's gonna happen, so be ready. Uh, I think being a landlord, doing the good things again, avoiding rule number one, which is don't do skinny deals. It's a wonderful way to set up your future. Uh, yeah. But uh, don't get distraught because something bad will happen. Absorb, move on. Uh, you know, don't uh, don't grind on it because that 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 helps no one.
1: Yep. I love it um that kind of goes this communication with and you had mentioned it a process um for my next one of coming up with a really Mm -hmm. good process and what i mean by that is get a google doc going that's like shareable for you and your significant other or whomever you may be investing with and come up with a checklist for every tenant for the rental life cycle Mm -hmm. of what you're going to do so like okay for the move in inspection I'm gonna make sure we do it before they start moving furniture in, right? Mm -hmm. And and scuffing the walls up. Um, All this kind of stuff of coming up with that process and going through your checklist, I think is really helpful because what you find is anytime something goes wrong to your point, you should never get emotional. Mm -hmm. You should go back to your process and say, how do I update Mm -hmm. my process so this never happens again? And um, if you iterate like that, then it, it suddenly takes that emotion out of it because you say, oh, okay, I learned from my mistake. Mm -hmm. I will make sure um, not to do it again. Um, So I think it's coming up with a really strong process, everything from leasing of like, how early am I going to put my property on the market? Should I do it 30 days before it's available? Am I going to list it when the tenants are in the property or when they're out of the property? Why or why not? Coming up and thinking through those things, I think really, uh, really helps you in the long run.
0: Yeah, the last one I'll kind of put out there is audit trail. And that's something really that Hemlane brings to this new landlords is that audit trail. Don't rely on your memory, especially if you're a full-time employee with a growing family yeah. like I was. Oh, my goodness. If you rely on your memory, you're, you're going to mess stuff up. If you ever have to go to court or you know document anything, you've got to have an audit trail, communications, text message, whatever it is, audit trail, audit trail. And that's for communication. That's for expenses. That's for handyman. I mean, the audit trail has been a lifesaver over the years. So definitely, definitely get an audit trail. It's it's vital. Yeah, I love it.
1: Um, I've got two more for you. Okay, I'll put them kind of together. Um, the first is really refer back to the lease with everything. Mm. So with emotion, a lot of times there's emotions. For example, my rent was due on the first. I'm not going to have it to you on the first. I'm going to have it to you on the seventh. You know, can you please waive that late fee? And in that particular case, it becomes emotional if you suddenly say, yep, I'll make an exception. And this lease, this legally binding document that we signed is um, no longer valid because I've just made an exception. What you really wanna do is when you sign that lease, say everything in here, we're not gonna make exceptions to. Like this is what we're agreeing to up front. And so when something comes up, you refer back to that of who's doing the maintenance and repair, who's doing the window washing, you know, who is, um, who's responsible for um, pest control, all of that really outlined in there um, makes it um, where you can take that emotion out to your point. And then the other thing is just continue to look at the numbers and use the numbers. I think, yeah. you know, you do such a good job with this, Michael, upfront of saying yeah. buy great deals, don't yeah. buy these alligators. It's really interesting how many landlords go like 10 years without looking through the data oh, and saying, oh, oh You know, my, my, um, my rental has been on the market for, you know, on average, 45 days, how do I improve that? What, what should be standard? Um, So I think from that perspective, really looking at the numbers as well, um, in hindsight, like and, and looking at, this is why I purchased this deal. And now where am I a year from now, two years from now? will really help you understand that. And I love when you build up your portfolio, then you can start comparing property to property. And like A-B testing, like purchasing two properties in the same area, but like one's a new build and Mm -hmm. one is an older property that has like a lower income rate. And then looking and saying like overall with repairs and everything, how did each perform? Because the realtor who sold me the um, new builds said there was going to be no maintenance and it was actually going to be a good deal. And my numbers showed that. The older one has a lot of repairs, but was a lot cheaper. How are things looking? Because then you can use that data and say, okay, now I know how to purchase my next property and you could actually use data to do it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's paramount. You've got to, I go back every year, probably at least twice a year, we go back and look at the numbers still, right? And now we have decades of experience doing that. So it's, it's vital to go back and look at the numbers. One of the things, Dana, that you've given the One Rental at a Time audience, actually you give to everyone is a 30 day trial. Uh, where can they find that?
1: Yeah, you can go to dot com. Um, But one thing we give you and no one else um, mm. to the One Rental at a Time um, community here is that you get 20% off your first year oh, wow. of that um, monthly subscription. So make sure that you uh, uh, mention One Rental at a Time when you try Hemlane.
0: Awesome. And if you're one of my students, either the free course or the paid course and the paid course... Dana has actually created a series of videos to walk you through the 30-day trial. If you are in my free course, which is fine, she gave you a PDF so you can walk through the 30-day trial. Lots of you want to be landlords. I strongly suggest you practice, 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 practice. So Dana, thank you very much. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.